Jason Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his mouth and a red flag. Swain Events, SwainEvents.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope everyone is having a fantastic Tuesday. It is May the 30th, 2023, two minutes past the top of the hour. Ben McKee, go Vols 247. Alongside him, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center studio. Man, we don't have much time. We got a lot to get to, Ben. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you, man? I am. Um, I am a proud dad of a 15 year old today. So, Ooh, yeah. happy happy birthday to the oldest, yeah, Swain child. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Went 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 driving yesterday for the first time yesterday. Ooh, how'd that go? Well, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that the just just because you're here doesn't mean that it was a pleasant experience. Now, I'm, I'm here. I still got the same money in my pocket. <laughs> the the car is still in the same condition it was before we started. So now it was good. It was good. It was good, man. It was it was a cool cool moment. We remember getting in the car for the first time and our parents teaching us, and so it was a cool moment to to be on the other side of that as as a parent. So um, and time flies, but yeah, man. Happy birthday to my oldest. She's fifteen today, and went driving yesterday, and so uh, here next. 12 months or so putting on the road put it on the road how old does that make you feel mm. i mean I, it doesn't make me feel like old old but i just i mean i just understand that man time time doesn't stop and goodness gracious it was 15 years ago when i was freaking out with my first kid and not knowing what the heck to do and it was the greatest moment of my life um, until my other two kids were born. And then those moments were equal. See how I did that? Um, I, I, I see what you did there. I can see how parents say that time flies, though, now that I've had one of my own. Granted, yeah. he's only 10 and a half months old. But just just thinking about how his one-year birthday is coming up and, and planning his his one-year-old birthday party, it's it's like, how are we already at? one years old how is how is that possible and and then it clicks in my head like okay now i see why parents all the time say that it, it goes by yep. like the snap of a finger it does it does it goes by quick nothing that has gone by quick and that is the regular season of of, of college baseball uh that's gone by quick also here we are sec meetings taking place today uh in destin and this conversation was brought up last year about eight game schedule, nine game schedule. Well, can't kick the can down the road any longer. Can't 
Oh, we'll figure it out next year. We got time to figure it out. Got to got to get it going now. And so Tom has has flown, and here we are, being Tennessee bounce early in, in the SEC tournament. Vanderbilt wins the the deal. Uh, in the SEC, in the ACC, Clemson wins wins theirs. Even though Wake Forest is the number one overall seed, but Tennessee, their postseason slate has been set. First, give a shout out to the softball team handling yes. business versus Texas, punching their ticket to the College World Series, and they'll face off against Alabama. Bring it. That's what you want, right? This is this is how you draw it up. I actually, I actually like the matchup for for Tennessee softball. A- Alabama softball, the last ten, fifteen years or so, under Coach Murphy, has been an absolute beast, yeah. uh, a, a juggernaut. That they have had a couple of teams that probably should have won uh, the the national championship, but th- this year's team isn't isn't quite like what it has been. It's very similar to the football team, quite honestly. In terms of of maybe they're they're still good, really good. Obviously, they're in Oklahoma City playing at the College World Series, but not quite what you're used to seeing from an Alabama softball team. And and we we saw Tennessee this season handle business against Alabama. So uh, I I like the matchup because I think Tennessee softball is a significantly better team than than Alabama. Quite quite frankly, now the the problem is, and gosh, this just puts a, a wet towel on the whole thing, Swain, is that Oklahoma softball exists. God, and, and and Tennessee's on that same side of the bracket. I mean, that, that Oklahoma softball program is just an absolute machine right now, although although it did look like it was leaking oil at times against Clemson over the weekend, so uh, maybe Tennessee and its pitching, Ashley Rogers can... Uh, can slow them down a, a little bit, so it'll be fun to watch. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, they play at noon on on Thursday, and uh, not only are you playing a, a college World Series game, but it's a a bit of a rivalry game, especially given Alabama starting catcher transfer to Alabama from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Uh, Allie Shipman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her sister Madison play here. It's all American and does a great job. Uh, color analyst. For, for softball game. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot riding on this matchup between Tennessee and Alabama and softball. Uh, baseball, Tennessee going to the Clemson region where it's going to be Clemson as the number one seed, Tennessee as the number two seed, uh, Charlotte as the three seed, and then Lipscomb as as the fourth seed. Uh, I think I said this here Thursday. If I did not, didn't, I said it on Josh and Swain uh, last week during the week. I said that whoever is hosting where Tennessee's going to be the number two seed, they're going to be pissed off. They're going to be upset. They're going to feel like it's unfair. A couple of years ago, Tennessee was 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 playing and hosting, and Wright State came up in here. And I remember that conversation you and I was having on air, and we were like, man, man right, right. Tennessee might, might have got a bad draw because Wright State is one of the, the better lower seeds and Tennessee probably got a short hand of the stick, uh, short uh, end of the stick. Well, I felt like wherever Tennessee was slated to go, whoever's hosting that team would feel like that their team would get the short end of the stick because Tennessee is not your normal number two seed. How do you feel about that, Ben? 
Well, I'll also say that even last year's Tennessee team kind of got the the short end of the stick when they drew Campbell oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, and also another shout out this morning, giving all all sorts of shouts out. Shouts out to Ben Joyce making his major oh, league yeah. debut last night. That was that was really really cool to see against your Chicago White Sox. That was a cool baseball game because you also had Liam Hendricks, the the White Sox pitcher, returning from cancer, pitching for the first time. That was a really cool scene after Ben Joyce made his debut and gave up a leadoff single, but then sat down the next two batters on a one one hundred and two mile an hour. They the 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 screen was showing sinker, but that's just that's just an unhittable pitch, is what that is. It's like a sinker, a two seamer, a four seamer, all mixed together. A rise ball in softball that doesn't even exist in, in baseball. It's just a wicked pitch, especially at one hundred and two. And then the next one, next strikeout was at one hundred and one, and then it gets a pop up to to end the inning. So that was that was really really cool to see. So shouts out to to Ben Joyce. But I bring up Ben Joyce because the shortstop for the Angels is Zach Nito, who is in his rookie season. Uh, and he was this time last year playing in the Knoxville Regional as the shortstop for Campbell, and Campbell also had some other pitchers get drafted as well, and and then this year, everybody is saying that Campbell should have been hosting over Auburn and and some other teams as as well, so that number one overall team in the country and and that number one overall seed, I mean, you get Georgia Tech last year, which was pretty good, and then you also get a a really, really good Campbell team, so Clemson is the one that kind of got the middle finger here from the selection committee. I, I know fans were were somewhat upset about Tennessee going to the Clemson regional uh, because Clemson is the number four overall national seed. But quite frankly, the committee did not like Tennessee's road record, and they thought that Tennessee lacked non-conference wins. And, and that is why Tennessee did not end up being as high of a two seed as we thought that they were going to be. And remember, two seeds in baseball are, are much different than two seeds in basketball because with the NCAA basketball tournament, one through 16, there's only four teams. Whereas with baseball, everybody is split up into 16 regionals of four teams, and you have 16 one seeds, you have 16 two seeds, 16 three seeds, and 16 four seeds. So a little bit different in, in baseball than it is basketball uh, because there are so many two seeds. But you were thinking that Tennessee may be one of those top two seeds, which is why you saw them projected to go to Indiana State uh, or, you know, a 14 or 15 national seed. And instead, they they go to the number four overall national seed. And uh, it's not maybe ideal just looking at it on paper, being associated with the number four overall national seed. But when when you don't handle business on the road and and don't take advantage of the couple of of big non-conference games that you do have, this is the result. Uh, And uh, if I'm Clemson, I'm angry. How how do you reward me for a number four overall national seed, but send me a team that was in the hosting conversation a week ago, and, and a team that is that is by far the most talented two seed in the entire tournament? And not only are they the most talented two seed in the entire tournament, but they're more talented than than almost all of the one seeds as well. And if it clicks for them, then they are one of the best teams in the country. So. Uh, it'll be a fun regional. It'll be it'll be tough. It'll be a nice environment down there. Uh, Charlotte is is not going to be a cakewalk on on Friday night. That that's a good mid major uh, baseball team, but still a team that Tennessee should beat. And then uh, Clemson, they they do all the little things well. They they have a a couple of guys with some eye popping numbers, but for the most part, they're just a real steady, fundamental baseball team that does all the little things really really well. They play good defense. They steal bases. Uh, they hit. They, they're they're solid on the mound. 
but they don't have the overwhelming talent that Tennessee does. So if if it clicks for Tennessee this weekend, I think they'll be playing in Super Regionals. Another reason why Clemson should be upset is you give us Tennessee, a, t- a team that in the last couple of years have knocked more home runs out than most teams in college baseball because we have a small stadium, small field, and Clemson also has a small field, so they're going to feel comfortable playing in a smaller, smaller stadium. And so, if you Clemson, you got another reason to be upset. You're you're bringing someone in that's going to thrive in our type of stadium. So, um, I know there's going to be a lot of home runs, a lot of home this runs. Weekend. Yeah, the Tennessee's hit uh, triple digits this year. Uh, Lipscomb has hit a program record home runs this year. I think they're at 105. Uh, for the year, Charlotte has a couple of guys who can really, really hit their right fielder, who's actually from Knoxville and played at Hardin Valley, and then went to Walter State and then signed with Charlotte. He has 30 home runs this season, which leads the country, Jeez. and he is Charlotte's all-time leading home run hitter in just two years. And, and then Clemson can hit as well, so it's going to be offensive fireworks left and right this weekend. But talking to some people over on campus, they they kind of like the draw. I mean, it's the NCAA tournament. There's no cakewalks in the NCAA tournament. No matter what your draw is going to be, there's no such thing as an easy draw. Like, it's the NCAA tournament. It's supposed to be tough. You're playing for a national championship. But uh, all things considered, it was, I like the draw. There's a lot of things in our favor. And at the end of the day, if we just – play baseball and not beat ourselves which when we lose we beat ourselves then we'll be just fine that was kind of the the thought process coming out of old Lindsey nelson stadium on, on monday after the draw was announced so they, they seem to be confident with with where they landed do you think uh dabo is going to have a talk with clemson's baseball coach eric uh backage and be like coach i need your help i need you to get revenge on on those on, on those Daggum balls, you know he don't cuss. So, daggum balls, we 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 couldn't handle them. I need you to get revenge on those balls if you have a chance. Chances Dabo's going to be there at the baseball game. What you think? Oh, he'll definitely be there, but he'll be too busy flipping burgers to have a conversation with the baseball coach. Well, I mean, hey, everybody's recruiting. A six five live went on this weekend for Tennessee football. So, pretty sure there's other schools around the country. Uh, having big recruiting weekends um, coming up. And Clemson, pretty sure they'll be doing the same thing. Uh, Got recruiting over the weekend that took place. Baseball's in postseason. Softball's in postseason. Basketball guys still going through the the pro draft prospect, the NBA draft prospect uh, process, excuse me, as a prospect. So there's a lot going on, a lot going on right now on on campus and in the conversation that is dominating SEC country. It's not baseball. It's scheduling. With Texas, Oklahoma entering the league next year, does the SEC go to an eight-game schedule or a nine-game schedule? That is the conversation as SEC meetings will start today, going all the way until the end of the week. That is the conversation. That is the conversation. When we come back, Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. Jason Swain here with you. I'm live from the low TC, O2C.
Low T Center Studio in beautiful Knoxville, Tennessee. Hope everyone had a great Memorial Day yesterday. A bit of advice. Don't schedule tweets months in advance. Yesterday, I put out a tweet that said, Happy Veterans Day. And yesterday was Memorial Day. Memorial Day. But the message is the same. The gratitude is the same. You honor people that made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. The message is still the same. 865-255-03. Questions, comments, hit the text box. It's free for your Android, Apple devices. Be right back. The Swain event is brought to you by Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant, Dead End Barbecue. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. All right, he's Ben McKee. I'm Jason Swain. It is Wednesday Eve, Tuesday, May the 30th. My goodness, man. That day off yesterday. It was much needed, though. What did you do, Ben? Uh, I worked because the NCAA tournament show took place. I, I worked. That, that's what I... And did for for most of the day, but the the family did get out for uh, a little while. And I do want to echo your sentiments before the break. Uh, I part of me doesn't like how Memorial Day has been turned into to more of a, a celebration than than maybe it should be. Um, but I also do recognize uh, those who have the mindset of having a good time in honor of those who have fallen. Um, but as I tweeted yesterday morning, I hope everybody did take a moment before they began their day, whether it, it consisted of a cookout or getting out on the lake or, or doing the, the things that we typically do uh, on a national holiday during this time of year uh, or before you enjoyed that drink at the house, just chillax. And I, I hope you did take a minute uh, to reflect on, on those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, Veterans Day is a, a lovely day. There's no doubt about that. Honoring those and all who have served, but Memorial Day is is not what Veterans Day is. And, and I'm not saying this because of what you said about the tweet. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this because it's a, a common 
uh, misconception that that it's the same thing, and it's not. Memorial Day is to to remember those who have who have paid the ultimate sacrifice, those who did not return home to their families and and their loved ones, and it's it's to to never forget those. And yes, we should honor those by enjoying Memorial Day, but let's also take a moment. And I hope people did this. We should also take a moment to reflect before we go about our days, and, and I hope people were able to do that. And it just always kind of sits with me. I, I went to to school growing up with with kids who their their parents deployed just like mine, and and their mom or dad did not come back. So uh, this, this Memorial Day always hits me a, a little bit different than, than probably most. But uh, to, to all those who have lost anybody who has served, uh, my, my thoughts and prayers are with you as as well. So I hope everybody did enjoy their Memorial Day, but also hope everybody took a moment to to recognize what what the day is intended for as well. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, text box. Before we get to the text box, Tuesdays, Thursdays, eight to nine a.m. We're here at Swain Event uh, in the a.m. Move from Thursday nights. Got everything worked out. Several hurdles and hoops to clear and pass to make this happen. And so, a uh, big thanks to you, Ben, and um, you know, big thanks to other people that made this possible. But uh, tell you, tell your Swain Event family, tw- tell them, let them know. Tuesday, Thursdays, eight to nine a.m. We are here. Uh, Cook for Mike mentioned highly rated players on campus over the weekend. And for me, and I, I see where Sammy Brown was here, number one linebacker in the country, uh, fifth overall player, according to 247, number one player in the state of Georgia. Stud. Absolutely. And the, the thing that really stands out with him is, you know, dad was here. We had family here with him. And dad gave some pretty strong, strong comments. Now, he's going to go to other places. And they're going to roll out the red carpet for him. And they're going to show him A-plus treatment. But there's a standard, I think, that's been set with official visits. When you go to a place and it's really, really good on your first visit, you're going to start comparing other visits to the one that you just previously went on. And so Tennessee, I feel like, has set the bar really high with the number one linebacker in the country, uh, Sammy Brown. and is the depth at linebacker better this year? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I know so. Not just talent, but leadership and all that, all those things that matter. Um, I think we have a nice young group of linebackers that if Sammy Brown enters the equation, sets us up really nice uh, for even more nice for the future. But that highlighted something that was, me kind of stands out and that is the fact that he mentioned how how genuine everyone was and it's about developing the the, the player the, the the human on top of the, the football player and so you know dad seeing that it's always important to have your parents on visits with you because things that the player maybe don't see it or, or don't pay attention to because they're so caught up in other stuff um short-term things that may not matter. Parents are there to say, hey, this is this is the steak, the potatoes. 
This is the foundation. This this is what matters. And so it's good to have uh, extra set of eyes there, uh, more support to help a young man go through the process. But everything I heard about the visit, it went really well for for Sammy Brown. But for me, man, outside linebacker, we got to get some dudes up front. And <laughs> yes. Cameron Fountain, edge player, getting a lot of crystal balls. Uh, six five and a half. He's right there from from Georgia. He's one of the best edge rushers in the country. And I saw what Steve Whitfong has a prediction for him. Just put it in a couple days ago. Uh, about a confidence level of about a six out of ten, but still, like that's where my focus is with this class, Ben. A crystal ball prediction for. Which school? Oh, Tennessee. That's what I assumed. No, Just yeah. wanted to to definitely make sure. And, and you mentioned the six out of ten, not not the highest level of confidence. But as, as you know, Swain, if somebody is is logging a, a prediction on any of these sites, then they they feel confident enough to post it. Then then I I think that's very telling as well. But the the defensive front has been a huge priority uh, this this cycle for Tennessee. I, I think you've spent the last week or so touching on this, uh, even on Josh and Swain. Uh, I, I believe you mentioned it even last week, but if, if Tennessee is going to to take that next step and legitimately compete for, for championships consistently like they did last year, then they're going to have to beef up the, the offensive line and, and defensive line, and, and not in the sense of, being coached up better because I obviously you don't even question what Rodney Garner is doing with his group on the defensive line. And I have a ton of confidence in Glenn Ellerby along the offensive line as well. Like, you know, the, the players that are on the roster are going to get coached up, but now it's about now that you, you've somewhat established yourself. Now it's about getting those elite talents that separate where Tennessee has been to start the, the Josh Heupel era to, to where Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State currently are. That, that's what separates the, the, the legitimate title contenders to the pretend title contenders is, is the guys up front and, and getting some, some talents who are real deal, high-level NFL players at the end of the day, like Rodney Garner getting a Derrick Brown type. Derrick Brown carried that Auburn defense. That was really good. Yeah. The, that season he was at Auburn before he got drafted, what, fourth overall, top five, top ten, somewhere in there, maybe seven overall to the Panthers. I can't exactly remember, but he was a, a top ten pick at minimum. Uh, they, they Those are the type of talents that they need, and those are the type of talents that I do think that they are starting to get. I mean, just look at the, the list of guys who are in and out of Knoxville seemingly every week that they can they can host visitors. I mean, the, the beef along the lines are – are crucial. I mean, even along the offensive line, you had Daniel Calhoun here this past weekend, uh, and Tennessee's fighting neck and neck uh, with Alabama and and Georgia for for Daniel Calhoun. and And Daniel Calhoun walked past me on Saturday, and that is one big son of a gun. He he just looks different. I I'm no offensive line technician, offensive line coach. I I couldn't tell you whether he'll pan out or at Tennessee or or not. But I can tell you for for a fact that he looks different than than some of the guys that, that Tennessee currently has uh, along the offensive line, just in, in pure size. And size isn't everything. There, there's a lot of big football players who who may not 
pan out the the way that you would like. But that that was something that was noticeable. It was just his sheer size yeah. and how that stood out. But I, I mean, again, just look at what Tennessee is bringing in week in and, and week out when they can host visitors. It's 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 top tier talent on, on both sides of the ball along the line of scrimmage, and and that's where Tennessee really needs to to the box that they really need to check off if if they're going to take that next step. And last thing, Swain, I wanted to add on on Sammy Brown. I think Tennessee's going to have a better chance there than than maybe people would initially think, especially those outside of Knoxville. You know, he's taking official visits to Clemson, to Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. That's some that's some pretty stiff competition for for Sammy Brown. And, and I think people are just assuming that oh he's from Georgia, he'll go to Georgia. Oh Ohio State, they're recruiting Sammy Brown. He's going to go to Ohio State. Oh Clemson wants Sammy Brown. Sammy Brown's going to Clemson. That, that may be the case. I'm, I'm not saying that I would pick today on May 30th that Sammy Brown's going to end up at Tennessee, but I do think that he really, really enjoys Tennessee and, and the relationships and the coaching staff and how genuine they are, like you just got done explaining and, and talking about. I, I think Tennessee has a better chance to land him than than people outside of Knoxville probably realize. Not saying that they're going to end up with him, but I, I always kind of just wrote him off. I was like, oh, there, there's no way that Sammy Brown, who is ranked number five overall in the country, number one linebacker, number one player in the state of Georgia, there's no way he ends up at Tennessee. He's too good for Tennessee. That That's kind of been my thinking all along. But I, that, that thinking has kind of changed for me the last couple of weeks. I, I think that they have a legitimate shot. That, that's what I'm willing to say. Well, Tennessee is one of those one of those teams that's, that's right there in the mix with everybody else. Now, Tennessee hasn't won championships lately, like Alabama and, and, and Georgia competed for some, like Clemson and, and Ohio State. Clemson, well, actually, all four of those teams have won a championship in the last last decade or so. So, uh, But Tennessee is one of those teams that, that's coming. I think people see that. Uh, all right, let's slip in a phone call uh, right quick. Good, good morning. Who we have? <laughs> uh, what's going on, guys? What's up? What's up, D.R. Vaughn? Hey, you know, y'all sound good. Y'all should think about doing this like Monday through Friday for about three hours every morning. Uh, no. Nah. We are this week. We we, we kind of are this week. It'll be on Joshua Swain. It'll be one minute past the morning. It's starting at 12 o'clock. 12 to 3. <laughs> on Sports Animal. Uh, well, guys, I kind of wanted to call in and talk to the NBA. What y'all think of the uh, outcome last night? I, I Honestly, I was upset. I wanted to see Grand Finals. Well, it's hard for me to to not like what the Heat have done during the playoffs and not be a fan of Jim Butler. I mean, the Heat, that team is built with four or five undrafted players. Caleb Martin, how he played. Uh, look at Max Struess and how he played. I mean, I love me some Grant Williams, but, man, it's hard not to like what the Heat have done. And so I wasn't surprised that Heat won. Uh, I was surprised that Heat won in that way. And Tatum gets hurt early. Uh, Brown had one of his worst games of the playoffs, but um, it's going to be a good finals for sure. And Grant's a free agent. So Grant's about to get, get a bag from somebody. Hopefully it's with the Celtics. I love the result because I hate the city of Boston. I hope they are all absolutely miserable this morning. Yeah. They can all go to, they can all step in dog poop this morning for, for all I care. I, I, I just love to see the city of Boston in pain it's it's so beautiful dr Vall. and i love the stat that uh, boston is the first city to have two teams that are number one 
in their sport in the playoffs and and lose and be eliminated by an eight seed because remember the Bruins who who like set the record for wins in an NHL season this year they got knocked out in the first round by an eight seed as well so it's it's just real 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 beautiful uh, to see and also Dearval I hope you had a very very happy birthday over the weekend. I did. I did. I got a little too much sun. My legs and my face are killing me. Um, you know, I say sorry, been fussing at me. We're leaving for a vacation in two weeks. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I might have to really go to the tanning bed so I don't die of sun poisoning in two weeks. I'm not. I'm not used to being outside too much. Well, thank, thanks for bragging about going on vacation, Diavar. We appreciate that. Oh, don't worry. I plan on calling y'all while I'm on vacation. Brag even more about it. And, and you know what? Shout out to Blake Griffin. Kevin Love, I, I had no idea they were still in the league till last night. But they don't really play, I guess, do they? Well, Kevin Love played more in the series than Blake Griffin, but Kevin Love didn't play yesterday, from what I saw. Uh, ben, you kind of led me into something. This is my question for y'all. You got talking about uh, Boston. They also have the uh, first team to come back for you. What do y'all think would be more painful? Ben, I'm, no offense to you, I'm more interested in playing fantasy because I know what you're going to say. What was more painful for a fan was when North Carolina put Duke out to end Coach K's career or your arch rival, the Boston Red Sox, put you out to go to their go to the World Series, win their first one in decades. Ooh. Both are painful. Ben, I mean, that happened to your Yankees, didn't it? Yes. I mean, I, I think they're they're equally painful because like my problem I, I was obviously very very young when when that happened I was what 2003 when the Red Sox came back from from down 3-0 on, on the Yankees and and broke their their curse of, of not winning a championship and it's brought up constantly every time a team goes down 3-0 it is brought up but I mean imagine if you're a Duke fan and in like North Carolina can hold it over your head that we ended your Hall of Fame <laughs> coach's career. Like his last ever game was a loss to us in the final four. Uh, yeah, but I mean, obviously that logic applies to to the Red Sox Yankees situation as well. The, the Red Sox will forever hold that over the, the Yankees head that they came back from from three zero and won the series and then went on to win the World Series. I, I think it's equal. I, I don't know how you could pick one or the other. I think college is worse. But we also deal with college on a more day to day basis. We care more about college than we do professional ball. See, that's why so, I lean Ben to the college because I just I love college basketball a lot more than I like yeah. professional baseball. I mean, I I agree. I mean, I I mean, obviously, I love the Yankees. But if if like if Josh Heupel went on to have a historic coaching career at Tennessee, and, and his last game was a loss to Alabama in the national championship game. That that would be a tough pill to swallow. That that would be a real tough pill to swallow, it, because they would forever hang it over your head, and and there's nothing you can say. There's absolutely nothing you can say. Uh, just think how much we would run in the ground. We ran into the ground at Hail Mary to beat Georgia. We hadn't beat them since, but we still talk about it. Well, I don't. Y'all don't. But well, they let it go. I I think it's pathetic, honestly. I think college. I think college is worse because, like for 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 the pros, there's many of those guys on that team that they're going to play for other teams and they might have opportunity to win championships somewhere else. And yeah, it stings, but like there's no other team for those guys. Duke, like 
Another team you're playing for in college. I think it stings more because this is this is a rival that is is so deep and it involves Coach K, who's one of the best basketball coaches ever, regardless of of level. And early in the season, North Carolina wasn't better than Duke. Duke was better, and then North Carolina just got better and better and better. It would have been even worse if North Carolina found a way to to win a national championship that year. That would have been that would have been even worse. But uh, they they fell short. But I'm gonna go with uh, North Carolina Duke. Dr. Vaughn. And we know we know about painful college basketball losses. I mean, I, I'll never get over you know Sister Jean versus you. Oh my gosh! Hey. It's 2023, Diarval. How long are you going to keep the same joke up? It's going to be like Jesse and Seth Stokes. Who's telling a joke? It's it's kind of like a Stokes and uh, you you know eating ribs with a fork and knife. It happened. You talked all that crap and we lost. I'll never get over that loss, Wayne. It ain't my fault. And the Purdue and and the Elite Eight loss to Bruce. Those are three that I'm going to die crying about in basketball. Well, that's part of that's part of the NCAA tournament, Dr. Vol. Hey, man, happy birthday, my friend! Hey, thanks. Good talking to you. All right, see you. That's hey, that's that's part of it. That's part of basketball NCAA tournament. You have a really good team that you feel like can go far. You don't get there. You, it's going to haunt you. It's it's going to hurt and cut deep. That Bama team this past year, they're going to be haunted for a long time. Auburn mm-hmm. team last year, they're, they're, they're going to be haunted for a long time. All right. Yeah, for sure. The Auburn team last year would, would you know. Uh, Jabari Smith, like they're going to be haunted because they had a team that was good enough to go win it all that was ranked number one uh, in the country for a few weeks during the regular season. You're going to think about it. That's just, I just feel like that's part of it. Eight game schedule, nine game schedule. What do you want as a fan? We'll find out what Ben McKee wants. I'll tell you what I want. As a as a fan, eight game schedule, nine game schedule. What should you want? A lot of things to have to figure out here. What's best for you as a fan? What's best for the team that you root for? Sometimes those are two totally different things. 865-255-03. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Be right back. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube.
Jason Swain here, live from the Low T Center Studio. Ben McKee, Go Falls 247. Glad that you could be with us on this Tuesday morning. For the 1st of June, there's a lot going on. It's supposed to be dead time. Is it the season? Is it football season? No, because we know the football season. That's that's where it is. That's the time of the year we all live for as SEC fans. We live for football season. Ain't no doubt about it. But still busy at this time of the year. Why? Because SEC spring meetings. A lot to discuss. A lot to discuss. Man, there's a lot to discuss when it comes to your health and your testosterone. So make sure you do your homework. Go to a provider that you can trust. I recommend going to the Low T Center. Uh, they have an annual health assessment. They can check all your levels. Make sure your thyroid is good, your liver, kidney function, cholesterol, glucose levels, and more. They have affordable and convenient options. Uh, this is include This includes monitored self-inject treatments that ship directly to you. That way you don't have to go to the center each and every week. So really, really easy, really convenient. Make your health a priority. Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until next week. Don't wait until next month. Make your health a priority this year. Schedule that annual health assessment at Low T Center. It's covered up by most health insurance or less than just $100 cash pay. So Low T Center. They specialize in men's wellness. Greg Sankey seems like the commissioner of the SEC. Seems like he has his preference on eight-game schedule, nine-game schedule. It would appear that he leans towards a a nine-game schedule. The SEC must continue to evolve as the leader, I feel like, in college football. But I feel like the SEC has the the luxury of of not having to go to a nine-game schedule to try to get more money. The teams inside of this league, they're already taken care of. Big money. You have teams at other conferences like Florida State, like Clemson, that's trying to figure out how they can get more. So we're in a good place, teams here in the SEC. But if you go to a nine-game conference schedule, will that mean more money from from ESPN and TV contracts? But if they can't pony up more money, because you look at what's going on with ESPN, there's layoffs taking place. They may not be able to pony up the money, more money that the SEC may be looking for if, the conference decides to go to nine games. But as a fan, just as a fan, you got Texas OU entering the league, Ben. As a fan, I would pretty, I would be surprised if most fans don't want to see more good football games rather than seeing their team that plays in the SEC going up against one of those inferior teams and it's not a game past halftime. Yeah, I, I agree. And and Greg Sankey's looking for a new home for his new TV contract and and these these new SEC teams and and if he were in Knoxville looking for a new home, I tell him to reach out to Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty. 
the the market is hot right now, folks. I was talking to Jennifer over the weekend, and she told me that there was a condo under condo under contract in two days, and a house under contract in less than twenty four hours on a holiday weekend. On a holiday weekend. So if you're in the market looking for a new home, I do encourage you to reach out to Jennifer Morris. She will literally fist fight somebody for you if if she needs to. And she told me I could say that. that she she wants me to verbalize that she will get into a fist fight for you and a new home if she needs to. So hey. uh, if you're in the Knoxville market or looking to move to, move to Knoxville and, and need a new home, I do encourage you to reach out to Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty, because Greg Sankey's trying to do the same thing. He, he's trying to find a, a new home for his new TV deal. And I almost wonder if if this is just textbook trying to to find ways to, to get new money Le- leaking out. New home? That, what do you mean by new home? Like, like, like well, not, you mean not like, literally. You mean like a, a new, new deal? A new deal. Because yeah. the home I, is I, ESPN because you got the SC Network, right? Correct. I, I didn't literally mean yeah, 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 a, 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 a new home. New deal. Uh, Yes, he he wants a, a new deal. He wants more money, uh, because that that's supposedly why the league is is considering staying at at eight games is is because they they are not going to get the TV money that they thought that they were going to get if they moved to a nine game SEC schedule. So I I wonder if it was a business move, trying to make a deal, trying to put some pressure on ESPN by releasing some some information over the weekend that uh, we're, we're just going to stay at eight games. I, I wonder if that's a ploy. I, I wonder if they're, they're trying to get ESPN to, to bite on the bullet of, of giving more money to the SEC uh, to entice a, a nine-game SEC schedule. I, I know what I want. I've told you for years. I want a ninth SEC game. I Give me the, the better entertainment the the better games all day long i'm tired of watching the the, the cupcake games and i i realize that that you need to ha- have at least a couple and, and it's good for those non-power five schools and, and fcs schools I, I do believe in that uh that that's how the the money that they get from playing tennessee and georgia and alabama that that's how those smaller programs survive and and i don't think that's something that we should completely do away with but do we need three in a season? Do we really need three of them in a season? I, I mean, and at this point, I mean, it, it almost feels like a, a bye week. And I, I just, I don't, I don't like how many cupcake games are, are are being played because then you also have other teams in the league. You know, Tennessee, I feel like does a, a really, really good job of scheduling non-conference opponents. They they have not shied away from from playing legitimate competition uh, through a couple of different administrations over the last several years. And, and before anybody says anything about Virginia or West Virginia coming up, I mean, th- those were situations brought on by the former administration that left Danny White kind of handcuffed. And Virginia was basically your only other option uh, to, to get a, a game done against a power five opponent it was either that or or playing another fcs school in in knoxville and i i don't think that that was what they wanted to do obviously so uh, yeah they're playing virginia this year and and no disrespect to virginia they've had some nice seasons recently but it's certainly not playing oklahoma like tennessee has uh, in the past but again this administration was kind of handcuffed from the perspective of of who they could schedule because of how late in the process 
it was. These games are, are scheduled so far out in advance. They didn't really have a choice. Um, but I'm I'm all for the the better football games. G- give me nine conference games. Uh, I, I think as a fan, that provides just about the, the most entertainment value there is. But some schools like to take advantage of the eight-game model, and they schedule the, the three cupcake teams. And then on top of the three cupcake teams, they go out and, and schedule – some no-name team that is not good right now as their non-conference opponent, and and all of a sudden you're looking at a a team that has eight, nine, ten wins that that probably doesn't reflect actually how how good that they are. Their their, their record maybe looks a little bit better than they should because they played a soft schedule. It, it's it's a bit ridiculous uh, over the last couple of years some of the scheduling that has been done in the SEC, and and there's even a couple of schedules this year and and coming up in the SEC that are a little little bit ridiculous. So uh, I, I think eliminating that is good for the SEC football product. I, I really do believe that. And here's the other thing. We've talked about this in the past as well. It, it's ridiculous that players can attend a school and never play a team inside the conference during their career at that school. What What's the point of, of having a conference if we're not playing one one another. I mean, that, that to me sounds a little bit ridiculous as well. I mean, obviously you can't set it up like baseball and, and basketball to where you're playing everybody every single year because of how physical the sport of football is. This isn't the NFL. You're not going to have a 15-game a schedule where you only play everybody in your league. Maybe in 50 years that's that's what it's become because it seems like games are being – added on left and right but right now like you're not going to play every team in the conference but every team in the conference should play one another every one to two seasons it shouldn't be five six seven seasons in between so sign me up for a nine game conference schedule all day every day I'm, I'm in I'm in the mode of of giving me the most entertainment value possible especially with Oklahoma and Texas being added to the league I want to watch SEC football games as much as I can. So give me that ninth game all day, all day long. Obviously, there's money that's part of this. I don't think it's the the number one and only thing. It might be the number one thing, but I don't think it's the only thing here. The only hurdle, um, according to two four seven, if the SEC went to a nine game. Um, scheduling model, 12 schools inside of the league would need to reschedule or cancel as many as 38 non-conference games spanning through 2037. So you got to think about the schedules that schools have already completed for the future. I mean, the schedule's already done uh, for the non-conference opponents. So those would have to be Change those would have to be altered. Uh, only four of the conference sixteen members have cleared their schedules for nine game nine conference games beginning in two thousand twenty four. That will be Auburn, LSU, Oklahoma, and Texas. So there's a couple schools who's four nine games. Obviously, Oklahoma and Texas are uh, Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. They're not for the nine game. Um, schedule uh it's reported that that tennessee has kind of in the middle uh, along with auburn and 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 mississippi uh vanderbilt according to 247 has remained quiet 
on their, their preference, but bowl games, being able to get to a bowl game, winning six games may be in danger for some schools inside of the SEC. So every school has their, their preference and um, the coaches will vote on various proposals starting tomorrow. And then ADs will vote on Thursday. And then the presidents of the universities, they will vote on, on Friday. But just as a, as a fan, okay, as a fan of Tennessee, I feel like I want what's best for my football team first. So if an eight-game schedule is best for my football team, then I'm with it. If a nine-game schedule is best for my football team, I'm with it. Like, I want to see my team win and be in the best position to go and compete for a championship first. Second, I put myself. So my view and pleasure, the, the, the type of games I want to go and see, I think we all like to see great games. When you hear game seven, when it comes to an NBA playoffs, like we perk, we perk up because we know the level of competition is going to be through the roof. This is why we love NCAA basketball. It's one and done. The level of competition is going to be through the roof. So, I think it's human nature as a sports fan to want to see good teams go up against each other and not see beat down. But I think it's a balancing act sometimes when you have a team that you root for, you want what's best for them, but you also want what's best for your eyes. (laughs) Like you, you have your own view and pleasure. And so if we can have the best of both worlds, I think that would be ideal. But I don't know. I don't know if we can as a Tennessee fan. Now, the good thing, Ben, that Tennessee is in a place where we're not like some of these other schools, maybe like Kentucky or Mississippi State, where you're not in a place to where, like, you can say, all right, bring, bring on nine games. We don't care. Bring it on because we know we're good. Like, I feel like where we are right now as a program, we're in a place where we're trending in the right direction and, and getting there fairly quick. I feel like. Hendon Hooker being here the last two years, cut off two years of of the rebuild. So we're going to get there a lot faster. Then um, it's, it's not just Hendon Hooker, but it's the rest of the team and coach staff. Like what we've done in the first two years of Hypo has cut two years off of the rebuild. So I think we are prepared to thrive in either scenario, whether it's a eight game conference schedule or a nine game conference schedule. But there's a lot of moving parts. Here and it's just it's just not money, and it's hard for me to believe that Texas OU is going to be the last addition to the SEC. So if it doesn't happen this time, it may happen next time. It may happen next time when two more enter the league, or one more, or three more, whoever, or or how many ever. But I think we can all could agree: give us more, just give us more good games. But at the same times. Same time, I'm like Dr. Vol. I think we all can agree. I just want to win a natty. I don't care if our schedule is as soft as Georgia's schedule. I mean, Charmin. And the only thing I would say to that comment is Georgia's schedule is soft or may appear soft because they're good and they had to cancel their non-conference game against against OU. Was it OU? They had to can- right. Yeah, they had to cancel. They had to cancel a game, just like we had to cancel a game. Um, I think it was, we had to cancel versus OU. They had to cancel a game because of the movement inside of the conference too. So 
Who were the teams that you said uh, were, were anti-nine-game schedule, the teams that don't want it to be a nine-game SEC schedule? Uh, Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and uh, South Carolina. There's a reason that those are the teams that do not want to move to a nine-game SEC schedule because they want the wins in the in the win column at, at the end of the season. It, it makes – it makes life more challenging for, for those schools. And, look, it makes life more challenging for Tennessee. I mean, there's no way around it. You, you're adding a game in the best conference in America. Like, that is a, another tall task for you as a program. And Georgia and Alabama, Auburn, LSU, A&M, those schools, Florida. But those schools also have better resources and are better football programs that should be able to withstand that extra challenge Uh each season and, and like I'm with you like the, the goal is to win championships and and not to be super soft but but find the easiest path to that championship but I think you also have to remember that we're not in the BCS era anymore we're not in the 14 playoff era anymore like there there's more room for mistakes uh, along during the regular season because you're in a 12 team playoff now like you you can lose two games now and make it to the playoffs because there's going to be 12 teams in the playoff. And who knows if, if it ever stays at just 12 teams. I mean, it, it may be 16 teams one day. So there, there is a, a little more wiggle room there to whereas you don't have to be perfect anymore. And whether or not that's good for college football is a separate conversation uh, because there's always that that conversation that, the fact that the regular season games are so important because you can't have a misstep, that's what makes college football great. And I don't necessarily disagree with that thought process, um, but th- this is a different world of college football now to, to where there, there's a lot of access to the playoffs and competing for national championships. So I, I think that's a, a good thing when at the same time conferences are – getting bigger and bigger, especially the one in which your favorite team plays in. And not only are the conferences getting bigger, but the conference is considering adding more conference games, which already consists of the best conference in America. Like you already play the the toughest schedules in America. They're only going to get stronger if you do add a ninth game, but at least you do have a, a little more room for error than you typically have over time during college football, because you are in a 12 team playoff era now. 2024 will be the year where the new college football playoff format will officially begin. So this year we still got four, but next year it's on. It's on at, at 12 at 12 teams. So, yeah, there is more margin of error. It is, I believe, why a coach like Lane Kiffin said, you know what, I'm going to stay here at Ole Miss because I can get to the playoffs here at Ole Miss. If I lose two games in conference, I still get there and – that's what it's all about. I want to be in a, a place where I can compete for championships, and I think he can do that at Ole Miss. Um, but Georgia had to cancel their game this year versus OU. So as much as the jokes on Georgia about having a week conference, uh, a week schedule may be funny, I mean, it wasn't their fault they had to cancel this year's game versus OU. And I made this point, I want to say, on, on Josh and Swain last week. I remember last year, at this point of the season, we looked at our schedule, and we were like, man, that's, whew. man, you got you, you to gotta play 
LSU away, even though Bron Kelly will be in his first season, still LSU. Pittsburgh, yeah, they lost a bunch of super seniors, but they'll they'll be good. Not as good as as, as the last season or two seasons ago. Um, but you still got to play Alabama. You still got to play Georgia. You still got to play Florida. And that's before we really knew, like, yeah, we better than Florida. Like, we didn't really know, like, are we really better than Florida at this point last year? We looked at their LSU. We, yeah, we looked at their their personnel. We saw what we did the year before losing to uh, Purdue in the bowl game. But like this time last year, we didn't have the same confidence about our program as we do now. So we, we looked at our schedule last year differently than we look at our schedule now. Because when you look at our schedule now, it's not as hard as last year. Why? Because we're better. Yep. And so Georgia. Their schedule may look bad because they're better than everybody. <laughs> That's I remember when Alabama was playing Florida State to open the season and USC to open the season. Like they 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 tried to play tough out of conference games, but it didn't appear like their schedule was hard because they were just so good. So I hate to try to sit here and defend Georgia, um, but uh, it's the truth. Like I'm. Sp- I'm surprised you're not doing it in your DJ Shockley jersey. No, I don't have that. I don't have DJ Just, Shockley I mean, to your, to your point about the schedule, I mean, how <laughs> the the difference in narrative around the Texas A&M game last year or this upcoming season, just how, how different is it from last offseason to this offseason viewing that game in particular? I mean, it, it's a, a world of difference, and, and part of that is the dysfunction at A&M last season, but the – is there a Tennessee fan that is not confident going into that game <laughs> this summer? When you look at that on the schedule, I mean, it, it's a it's a game that's barely being talked about right now. I I feel like, and I I think that it's barely being talked about because people just uh, assume that that Tennessee is going to win that game because it's at home. And boy, imagine me telling you that thought process this time last summer. It it, it didn't exist. And here's the the last thing that I've got for you, Swain is we, we talk about the, the thing that's best for Tennessee and, and individual schools. We look at it from a win-loss perspective because we're fans of the sport and whatnot. But how do administrators look at it? They're, they're trying to raise money, get butts in seats. Well, what's more likely to raise money, get butts on seat, butts in seats, get butts on campus with, with this new Neyland district that, that you're trying to build? It, it's more games against Texas, Oklahoma, A&M, LSU, so on and so forth, you're going to get more people on your campus, in your stadium with those type of games, a ninth conference game than playing North Texas or UTSA or some random other cupcake game. Yep, 100%, 100%. Swain Event Fuel by Dead End Barbecue. This week, Ben McKee, Go Falls 247, he's filling in for Josh Ward. Uh, there on Joshua Swain, 991, the sports animal. So more of the duo of Ben McKee and myself uh, coming up later on today from 12 p.m. to 3. So we'll talk more about this. We'll get into uh, a deeper dive into the conference scheduling between eight games and nine games as SEC spring meetings underway this week until Friday. For Ben McKee, Go Falls 247, I'm Jason Swain. 
The Swain event is fueled by Dead End Barbecue. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day today. And we'll be back same time, 8 a.m. on Thursday. Peace and love.